If you spend more time optimizing your character than playing your character, then you just might be playing it wrong. Welcome to Playing It Wrong. Podcasts about RPGs, fun, food, more RPGs. Grab your dice, sit back, and get ready to play it wrong. Welcome to episode 2 of season 4, the yeah, second episode of 2020 of Playing It Wrong, the podcast where I make a fool of myself about RPGs. And believe it or not, it took me three takes to do that intro. I know it was simple, but it still took me three freaking takes. That's why that delete button is my friend, so those things don't actually end up slipping out on the internet accidentally. Because the things I do on purpose are crazy enough. And speaking of crazy, let's get this party started. It's time for the news. So what's the news? No, well, I'm not going to be complaining about anybody else. I'm going to be complaining about myself. I actually patting myself on my back and starting this episode off with a whole bunch of self-promotion. The Back from the Dead, issue number two of Gazebo Gazette is going out now. I just posted it a while ago for patrons on the Patreon at the patreon.com forward slash they might be gazebos. So if you like the podcast, if you like the blog, support that over there. And you would already have that PDF in your hot little hands. And perhaps if you're listening to this a couple days later, then it might already be on drive through. In case you know, the original idea behind the Gazebo Gazette was going to be a quarterly e-zine, mainly on swords and wizardry. The first issue went out too many years ago and I'm finally getting around to doing it again and that means that uh, for my goals for this year is to actually do this as a quarterly zine and I know that the zine quest 2 is coming up on Kickstarter and I thought about it and I am not going to do it because I've got two other projects that I'm working on right now that are going to be at the same time and I want to get those done and just continue the way I'm going with the Gazebo set. So maybe if there's the Zine Quest 2, there'll be a special um, Kickstarter version of the best of Gazebo set based on, well, perhaps maybe a poll online, maybe for patrons, if I have enough patrons then. So like I said, check out the Patreon. The links are going to be in the show notes. I'm going to give the blurb at the end of the episode too to tell you about it as I beg for money. And so what else is coming up? Guess what? This week is the start of the Swords and Wizardry Blight campaign that I'll be running at the friendly local gaming store. Excuse me, I'm still tongue-tied. And like I said, my mic sucks, which is one of the Patreon goals. Did I mention that? I need a better mic, and there might be bonus episodes if I get enough patrons. And of course, patrons will get those first before all the other people do. No, I should get a mic for my phone, too, since the mic sounds like crap on the phone. But anyway, this week is the the uh, the Blight campaign starts. I'm excited. The players are excited. Uh, we started on two characters so far. Um, the rest of the players didn't have a chance to start their characters. But they're started. I know we're going to have at least a human fighter. Because, bang, you got to have a human fighter. And I homebrewed a were-rat player character race because one player wanted it. And that player hasn't shown up again since, but... Another player decided to take it, so we're going to have a Were-Rat Druid. Now, if you know the Blight, that's going to cause some interesting things to happen in that beginning uh, part of the Levy Adventure Path, which I'm going to use that and some of the published adventures. 
And since it's a city, I know they're going to get into other trouble, so a lot of this is going to be driven by them. But I know it's going to be a little challenge there, but I've got some plans in the back of my head, so it's going to make it interesting. So next episode, we'll probably have an interesting session summary about what happened on that and do a little rundown on the characters on the old blog side. So stay tuned for that, folks. Some little uh, adventure notes and session summaries on the blight, what happens and how the characters and players will screw it up. All right. Let us move on to the next segment. What is that? Well, it's going to lead us to our main part of our show about dice and characters. And that's, of course, going to be have to be the, um, the session summary, right? So let's do the session summary, Bumper. Session summary. Oh, shit. I did these damn bumpers. I might as well freaking use them. I'm going to make some more, too. I'm going to make some more sound effects. I've been trying to find how to do a soundboard with Audacity. And from what I understand, you can't. So, I will figure something out sometime. But anyway, this is about the session summary. This is for the 5e game last week. Now, first of all, if you play with 5e and a lot of the old grognars complained, it's not deadly enough. So far in this campaign, I've had two, count them, two characters die. First was the druid. The second was my cleric. Yes, they both died. They were the, the healers of the party. And I'm sorry for that click there. I will get over it. It's a speech thing that I'm trying to get over. So both these characters died. And pretty much... Let, let's talk about the cleric, because that was the recent one. It, it was nearly a TPK. And it finally came down to the cleric and the ranger, the only ones up. And guess what? We're at opposite ends ends of the battlefield. I know we made lots of mistakes, but then again, that's where it was. And it was the three death saves that took me out. It wasn't damage, it was the failing three death saves took me out. So my dice were bad. And you know what? That's what killed the cleric too. So this is why I'm saying this episode's also about dice and characters, because I've been screwed by my dice. And the, the weird thing about these dice is a couple sessions ago in, for Labyrinth Lord, I created the party like five times with the same dice. Now, the other players at the table have deemed that the dice just hate player characters, even if I'm playing them. So, I don't know. I've got some backup dice in my bag. We're going to see what happens with the 5e game. It's going to be in two weeks. And what I've decided to do is resurrect an old character. But it's a new campaign, so... The, the DM obviously can't let me just bring in an old character, so it's like, regenerate your character. And that's when I thought, you know, the numbers don't make the character that much. They sort of do. But in this particular case, yes, it's my old Juan T. Bard, who's a total jerk, selfish, but pretty dangerous. And what I, I figured out the other night, sitting there, because I rolled up the stats, it's like, they're not as good as the original stats. So I really can't, as far as I know it's metagamey, but as far as game-wise, if I built the character the same way I did originally, that character would die in a heartbeat, too, because it didn't have the numbers. The other one, I just got lucky and pulled really good stats. So the stats affect the game, but they don't affect the character or the story. I don't know how you feel about that, but hey. It's what popped into my own little muddled brain. I know some people say... Story beats stats. They got, there's got to be a union between the two people. 
So in this particular case, instead of doing my original build, which was a bard mixed with the class I picked up on DM's Guild that the DM said was okay, which was a dervish, which was a turned tur the character into a cuisine art. This time, I may go multi-class bard warlock because I found some interesting things. So I still got to talk with the DM and see what they say. Or I may just go straight bard. It's the College of Whispers and Xanthar's Guide, and it's the murder bard. Okay, the assassin bard, but you basically get to do a lot of bar damage in combat, which is really cool. <sighs> I was just making a silly voice, that's it. There was no constipation involved in this episode. I am not recording it in the toilet. Trust me, it's right here in the office. The toilet is next to the office, so you may hear some flushing in case the wife has to use it. But, we are not recording on the toilet. Now, that doesn't mean if I start doing bonus episodes, I won't record in the toilet. There might be some recorded in the toilet. I don't know. But those are my random thoughts for this, this week on gaming for the... Uh, building your characters doesn't have to be... And that's like I said in the, the intro. I hate character optimization forums. You've seen them every episode comes out. But also, by the same token, you don't want to build your character like they're freaking... Idiots, or you're gonna die. So, have, have say, roll dice, have fun, kill monsters, take their stuff. So, build good characters, but you know, have some fun with the story too. I know that's very non-committal, but yeah, you know, I'll get over it. And lastly, you know what? It's been a while, but you know what it's time for? That's right. You know what it's time for? Tomes of ancient forbidden knowledge. Yes, it's Tomes of Ancient Forbidden Knowledge. And what does that mean for this episode? Well, actually, you know, since it's the new year, maybe I'll go back and tell you what I'm doing. I am going through on this so far on the original White Box D&D. We've gone through the three basic books, and now I'm still working on Supplement 1. This is all spontaneous reading from the books with crazy thoughts that pop into my head as I read crazy stuff. Notes such as a 200-hit-die monster a couple episodes ago, and, of course, the infamous spell of Charm Plants, which I commented was, puts the horror back in horticulture. However, like I said, we are on Greyhawk Supplement 1 still. We have not moved on to Blackmore and the other ones yet, because there's a lot in this book. And what are we on in this book? Well, according to my notes, hopefully I'm not wrong, I should be on Rods, Wands, and Staffs. But let us begin. Hopefully I did these no notes right. Actually, no. Rod, Wands, and Staff was a previous episode looking at my little bookmark here. We are actually on miscellaneous magic items. I could be wrong. I don't go back and listen to these old episodes. If I'm wrong, I'm sure somebody's going to tell me I'm freaking wrong. All right, miscellaneous magic. Crystal Hypnosis Ball. A trick device indistinguishable from a desirable crystal ball. It will hypnotize its user and leave him in such a state for 3 to 24 turns. That's, remember, it turns 10 minutes, guys. Unless there's also a magic mouse spell placed upon the item. In the latter case, the user of the item will carry out the instructions given by the magic mouth immediately, conforming to the limits of the suggestion spell. Medallion of Thought Protection. Well, basically, um, yeah, it's kind of boring. I never use the like the amulet of ESP and the amulet of thought protection. Um, 
It's the reverse of ESP, protecting the wearer's thoughts to any creatures behind doors or walls within a range. Within its range, and there's another type. There's lots of typos in here. I functions as an ESP medallion on a roll of a six, as well as when it is tried for the first time. Um, but yeah, amulet of inescapable location. It's a cursed item, and it lets everybody know where you are. <coughs> Scarab of Enraging Enemies. This device causes all enemies within a six-foot radius of its wearer to become completely enraged when it is uncovered. There's a 50% chance that they will simply attack the nearest creature to them, friend or foe. The effects of this device last six turns. Enraged enemies will never check morale and will fight until dead. It contains 24 charges. You know, you know, morale was something in the early days, but you know what? Yeah, we didn't use it because everything fought to the death, even player characters. Scarab of Insanity. Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing, except it makes everybody freaking crazy. Uh, next page is the guy with the sword, the snake, and boobies. Um, Scarab of Death. Well, it kills you. Bag of Tricks. The Bag of Tricks is one of those things that it seems like it'd be handy, and it can be handy if you're lucky. Because you basically stick your hand in, and you pull out an animal. And it'll fight for you. Beanbag. What is it? And you pull out a magic bean. You know, Jack and the Beanstalk. But, well, what does the old one do? Let's see what the old one does. Uh, patch planted. There's an 80% chance that all but one will bring monsters or various curses. A 90% chance that only two are beneficial. And the roll of a 100, all three will be beneficial. So there's three beans in the bag. <coughs> of course, it says the maximum number of beans is optional, but six is recommended. The government must decide what treasures or monsters slash curses will be gained when the beans are planted. A space does not permit us to list that many possibilities here. So, yeah, they really didn't put a magic item in there. They just said make something up. Uh, sorry, guys. Bag of transmuting. It's like a bag of holding, but it turns precious metals to lead. Enjoy your lead treasure. And your lead poisoning. Bag of devouring. It eats your stuff. Sensors of summoning hostile air elementals. It lets you conjure an air elemental that automatically attacks you. It could be useful. Not really. Luckstone. A stone resembling a stone controlling earth animals, which, when carried on the person, adds to the owner's luck from 5 to 20%. So that includes his treasure. Favorable result of adding 5 to his roll. The most favorable result will also be gained. Lodestone. It's the opposite of a luckstone, plus you move slower. Sleep smoke. Okay, really. I mean, come on, some of this. Um, bowl of watery death. You drown. Boots of dancing. This is all cursed stuff, by the way. Flask of curses. This could be interesting. The container looks just like the bottles and jugs and decanters and beakers. Okay, it's a flask, of course. When open, some sort of curse is loose. The list of curses for scrolls are recommended. Once again, it's a non-magic magic item. They're not telling you anything. It's like, yeah, just use something else and call it something else. But again, you can do that. It makes things interesting. But it's not that brilliant. Jug of Alchemy. Um, you can get container, which when opened will pour forth a stream of whatever liquid is desired. Possible liquids are water, wine, oil, acid, and poison. Only one sort of liquid may be poured each day, and such liquid may be poured only seven times per day. Each pouring expels approximately 10 gallons of water, 5 gallons of wine, 2 gallons of oil, 1 gallon of S acid, or one quart of poison. It doesn't really say that much, 
but I, I think there's one that we had we did vinegar, so we were like making salad dressing or some shit. Um, decanter of endless water. Water comes forth until the stopper puts out. Ten gallons per turn. Which is really nasty if you put that in a dungeon and leave it open. Or get a bunch of them, put them at the bottom of the ocean, leave them open. Tide's rising, whatever. Um, beaker of plentiful potions. Contains two to five possible types of potions, and upon command it will fill itself with the desired potion. If it's possible, the referee must determine which potions the container can hold. It'll do it once a week, but it is possible, for example, that it could contain five of the same potion. Uh, an animated broom. Yeah, you know, one of our other DMs, DMs in our group uh, nearly TPK'd a little, little party with an animated broom. Um, Helm of Brilliance. Wow, these things are just boring as hell. Did you notice this? They're not as funny as the other one. They're either, either yeah, it's something else, just make it look like something else, or kind of boring. Okay, the Helm of Brilliance. When placed upon the head, this helm becomes crown-like, set with many fiery gems uh, of 50,000 gold piece value. If the item is ultimately sold, that is a bad sentence again. Otherwise, it will provide the following benefits to the wearer. It acts as a double value fire ring of fire protection. It creates a wall of fire around its wearer upon command. Fires wearing it may command any sword they hold to flame, thus gaining the benefits of flaming swords, in addition to any other magical properties which the sword might possess. Magic users wearing it add plus one to each die of fireball cast by them. Clerics are empowered to cast double the number of light and or continual light spells they would normally have as well as cause inflammable objects within three feet of them to be set ablaze. The Helm of Brilliance adds plus two to all bargaining dice when dealing with far-using or dwelling creatures, and conversely, it causes all cold-using or dwelling creatures to become very hostile to the wearer. Rug of Smothering, another cursed item, it kills you. Drums of Deafness, I can't hear you. Ah, oh, man, how many miscellaneous magic frickin' items... Wow, this is, goes a long frickin' way. I'm not going to do all these in one episode. I'm sorry, people. You're not getting all these. We're, we're finishing this page, and then we're going to call the episode, all right? Drums of Deafness. The Horn of Collapsing. Yeah, rocks fall, everybody dies. Horn of Ahala. Folks show up. <coughs> now, I do remember... Excuse me. Way, way back in the day, I, I had a thing. I, I don't remember what it was called. But we were playing riffs, and the idea was it was an interdimensional catalog where you could order anything if you had enough money. We're playing riffs, and one of the other guys in the game, Love, was, was primarily a D&D player. So he was like, you know what? I want a Horn of Valhalla. So he has a Horn of Valhalla, so a bunch of guys in chainmail with axes show up to a riffs fight. Yeah, if you ever played riffs, you know how that went. Horn of Bubbles. You get little bubbles and you're stuck there. Gauntlets of fumbling, gauntlets of swimming crane, gauntlets of dexterity, add plus two to your decks. Girdle of femininity, masculinity, victor victoria time. Necklace of missiles, and necklace of strength. Ah, man. These just, like, really suck, you know that? Oh, well. Anyway, I'm sorry for that. I blame uh, Gygax and Koontz, man. This page was not that great. But we're on page 54. I mean, and there's still more miscellaneous magic items going. And that's time for a break. 
Sorry about that. I just had to clear my throat, get something to drink. Yeah, but like I was saying, so far, I mean, I've seen this trend here on these items where a lot of it is, it's like something, but it does the opposite. Or um, it's like something and does the same, it just looks different. But there are a lot of miscellaneous magic items that really weren't in the original D&D, but were in here in Supplement 1, as you'll see next episode as I go through the last bits of them, that became what would become as standard. Think of the standard mag magic items, the magic items to get. But they weren't in original D&D. They came out in the supplements. So in a way, if you're a real purist and don't like the supplements, then a lot of stuff doesn't happen. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But you know what? The thing is, hey, use whatever, kit bash it together. That's the way I always am. So this episode has gone on about long enough. I want to thank you for listening. And as always, it's time for that promotional blurb. If you like this episode or other or like blog posts, please visit the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash they might be gazebos. Help support us. I know that Anchor is free, but web, help, sorry, web hosting isn't. Also, I have a crappy mic, as you can probably tell by the audio. Might help get a good mic, which, you know, I could beg for, but yeah. I'm not begging. I'm talking about like begging out of the household budget. But hey, new mic, bonus episodes coming up. Get enough patrons. I'll start doing PDF only patron, PDF patron only PDFs. Sorry. Anyway, if you ain't got the money, go ahead and like us on Facebook, the YouTube channel. There's another video coming up this month. It's going to be a surprise. But hey, if you can find that, subscribe. It's it doesn't have a real URL, real easy URL yet, but that's because I don't have enough subscribers. <laughs> and YouTube's kind of mean about that. But hey, links are in the blog. Links are there. So check out the YouTube videos. Thank you for listening to this episode. Remember, roll dice, kill monsters, take their stuff, and have fun, people. And that's the number one rule, having fun. All right, thanks for listening.